It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Inside the Birds is back. What's going on, everyone? Adam Kaplan alongside Jeff Mosher here. And it's kind of funny for the latest Inside the Birds, Adam. Last week, I thought we left some meat on the bone as we far did. as all of the um, draft work that we put in and talking to people and getting evaluations. And we went through the draft, but we also knew that there were rookie free agent signings that we hadn't talked about. Uh, we were waiting for the list to come out, and they're still not out, but we still could have They won't about, be, I don't think, until yeah. they, till their, tra- their rookie camp this weekend, the 10th or the 12th. Right. So that answers that. Right. And then I thought we would get into p- positional battles, and eventually, Adam, we will. It's just not going to be on this podcast because the Eagles had a pretty busy week last week. So... Real fast, just to recap, obviously they signed a linebacker, Zach Brown. They claimed two safeties off waivers, one of them being Blake Countess, a kid that they drafted a couple of years ago. And there are some situations going on with some current players that I think are worth monitoring right now, raising the eyebrows, if you will. So there's a lot to talk about. We will get it. Next week, I think we'll do, we'll kind of preview the positional breakdowns as we head into OTAs. But for this week, we'll just kind of go with the hard news and everything that's gone on. Um, what's the... I mean, there's the Zach Brown signing. The you know, Obviously, Chris Long's took to Twitter to really that say is, how that is, a, is that the number one thing? By the way, that, well, the, we'll get the Malcolm Jenkins situation, which sure. is different. He's still under contract, so I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. But right. I would tell you the Chris Long situation is a little bit more impactful than I, than I originally thought uh, for a couple reasons. Number one, if you go through free agency, and I have... There's some talented defensive ends out there, but they don't fit the 43 front. There are 34 defensive ends. Mohamed mm-hmm. Wilkerson is coming back from an, uh, another injury. He's a 34 defensive end, former Temple star, drafted 2011. He doesn't fit. Alan Bailey, a good player. He's a 34 defensive end. Right. That's why Kansas City's not going to resign him. Uh, Andre Branch is not is not a bad fourth end, not a bad third end. He's pretty decent, actually. Decent yeah. player, yeah. yeah. He, 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 he was released by the Dolphins. Michael Johnson's way up there in his 30s. He's he's near the end of his career. Uh, William Hayes, his contract expired with the Dolphins. They haven't re-signed him. He's not bad, but he does He's not quick. He's not the athlete that Chris Long is. Right. The the one that people have asked us about is Ziggy Ansah. He's coming back from yet another surgery. Hmm. He's in that 30 year old range. Uh, I'm told that he won't be ready until some mid to late to early, August to early September. 
And even then, he's coming back from another surgery. He's had hip issues. He's had shoulder issues. That third end. Now, now Vinny Curry right now would be their third end if Chris mm-hmm. Long's not back. And we'll get to what he said, which is interesting. So the Eagles don't have a lot of choices here. This would explain to me why they want him back so badly. They don't have any choices here. Vinny Curry's a nice, nice player, but he's not the pass rusher that Chris Long is. I get Chris Long is older. He is thirty. He turns uh, thirty-four. Or actually, just turned thirty-four in, in March. Right. But from his standpoint, Jeff, let's get to this. His, yeah. From his standpoint, he's thinking, "Look, I don't. I'm not worried about your money. I want my role." Right. He had fifty-nine percent of the snaps last season, which is a little bit more than I expected. Well, that was because of injuries. Correct. With Derek Barnett's injury. Right. Um. Well, there were a couple of different. I mean, Haloti. Yeah, they had a couple of. However, in, I know he was slide inside right. a nickel. They had some injuries. He played more than we probably expected, and he mm-hmm. played very well. This his his story is amazing. So when the when the Rams when Rams caught him at sixteen, I think it was after the sixteenth season, maybe. Yeah. No, 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 no. Fifteen because uh, he spent seventeen. With the, it was fifteen after the fifteenth. season. Okay, yeah. whenever they cut him, I was at ESPN. I was mm-hmm. actually on NFL Live that day. The Rams cut three players that day, including Chris Long. So I called my Rams source. Mm-hmm. I said, wow, I, I know he's not the same player. He goes, we just don't think he could play anymore. Right. So I mean, He only played 12. He had his second surgery. He had been hurt a lot. Yeah. He, Ankle surgery, I think, was that year. He, he was very... Long was very honest about it. He understood why they cut him. Yeah. He sounded like he knew that he wasn't the same player. He had basically only had four sacks in his last 18 games to that point. He was very honest. One of the things I really respect about, about Long among many is that he's always wanted to be honest. Yeah. But we fast forward to 2019 and he's coming off of a very good season in his nickel role. Mm-hmm. He's like, look, I've done nothing for you to, to cut my, my role. And the Eagles, the interesting thing in here, Jeff, this is, this is interesting. They don't only want to cut his money. They just want to cut his role. I know. So well, what do you do? So, I, I have a hard time getting a going on one way or the other. I think they're better with him. There's no doubt about oh, it. Oh, it's obvious. And I think yeah. they're significantly uh, less deep than they've been the last two years without him. That's my issue. And that's their their strongest position. And this goes back to the decision to trade Michael Bennett in the offseason, which, you know, I reported it was on the shopping block in Indianapolis. And I think sometimes when you report something, people think you support it. No, I was just reporting the news and it eventually happened. He got traded. I didn't think that was the greatest idea. Just I understand that there were issues going on that were beyond football, you know, whether it's coachability, whether who he's getting along with. But the bottom line is he's been a really productive player. He's been the same guy. I don't think anything that you heard about him is anything different than he was in Seattle or how he's going to be in New England. And it, other teams could deal with him and win a Super Bowl. And the Eagles had success with him. Unless they just felt, and I think they did feel like there was some ticking time bomb or because they had a younger defensive line coach and you were afraid about a veteran and, and the kind of mix. I don't know. They, they clearly had to make one decision or another. But the decision they clearly made was that they went into the offseason and they, and they knew about the Chris Long situation too because this has been going on for a little bit about him and his role. They knew that if the, these guys don't come back, it's going to be really difficult to replace the same so, type so, of so, player. So... so. I remember I went to you. I said, hey, I don't know if you've heard anything. I, th- I said, I think Michael Bennett's not going to be back. And you seem to be surprised. And then two or three weeks later, you're like, I got this scoop. I'm like, what? You're like, I- they're looking to trade him. I'm like, really? Yeah. So <laughs> I I was, um, I-, I could never get quite to later. Right, um, I would say a week or two before they cut him, I kind of knew what exactly was going on. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is he's a little bit of a freelancer. Yes. Uh, sometimes well, does. Not, yeah, he's a little undisciplined. He's very undisciplined. He does some crazy things. If he's supposed to go through the A gap, he might go through the B gap, whatever. But right. he's f- 
He's a good freaking player. production. <laughs> he's a really he's good pro- player. He's productive. He was was he not their second best defensive lineman? He last was terrific. Year? I mean, from a statistical standpoint, and right. his ability to play inside a nickel if you want him to. You can move him around. Um, but let me let me explain so, to you though, so, why I would say What are they going to do? Well, hold on. Let me explain yeah. why I say I I sort of can't just kill them for this though. Because we have sat here on this podcast and so have fans and so have other media and said a thousand a thousand times that this team is old and needs to get younger. And when you look at the defensive end depth chart now, yes, Vinny Curry isn't young. He's not old. I think he's 29 or just about 30. Right, but thirty-one in June is it thirty-one in June? Yep. I'm sorry. Okay, so he's a little bit on the older side. So they bring him back, right? But then after that, you're looking at Josh Sweat and Sharif Miller, and hoping that you get contributions from kids you drafted on day two, right? Is not day three, I guess, fourth round. But Sweat and Sweat and Miller are both fourth round picks. Fourth round pick. Mm-hmm. There's a big dividing line, but once you cut after fourth round is when you start to get the fifth, sixth, seventh. And you say, I don't know if they'll make the team. And the you way that your top four okay, the team. way that teams see fourth round picks. They're not drafted to be starters. Right. They're drafted to be special teams players and backups. Third rounders are high end backups, low end starters. Seconds are supposed to eventually start. So you're right. I mean, Sharif Miller is, is a rookie. He's never played in a game. He was a fourth round pick with some upside, but we don't know a lot about him. Mm-hmm. And Sweat started play on base downs before he got hurt and he had season ending surgery. Right. He's a guy who had a significant knee issue coming to the draft. He was red flagged. So you're right. This is my issue now. So 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 D line depth is a concern. It, it should be. DN Absolutely. is I, DN, without yeah. long. It, it isn't amazing how one player changes everything. Yes. If you don't, if they don't have Chris Long, and yes, they've again both sides agreed to push back his, his roster bonus back another month. But Long made it clear. This is why I wanted to talk about this. this is the number one story. He made it clear. I'm not coming back with this reduced role. So 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 I think it's almost like the Eagles' Jeff are back going. You know what? When it gets close to August, he's going to want to play football. We're not cutting his pay. But Chris Long has basically said, you can keep your money. I don't want your money. If you're not giving me my roll back, my nickel roll, now right. 59% is way higher than he should have played. We both agree to that. I think if he comes back, it's 40 to 45 because Malik Jackson. I think that's what it was two years ago, okay. the Super Bowl year. What's wrong with that? I don't I, see. Here's what I don't. I don't. I don't understand what Chris's beef is. <laughs> Thank you. This is what I, this has been my point, and I respect the hell out of. But I, I think, come like, on, man. Uh, you know, just like we, we said with Michael Bennett last year, when you play fewer snaps and it and it saves you, and you got less tread on the tire, especially at that age, you tend to be more productive. And and in fairness, he had six and a half sacks. I mean. That's good. I, I don't. If it's, it wasn't just that, he's it, not it, he, looking he, for. I know he was a productive player all around. Pr- he is. He does everything. And plus, as you know, he's a class guy, yeah, leader, and everything. Yeah. So I don't understand why he, I, I, he's not happy. With, well, I do. All right, let, let's let's understand though. This they told him his role wasn't going to be there. What role is he going to have, Adam? Because you you're saying, well, you're still going to at least get thirty five to forty five percent of the snaps. I'm not 100% sure, and I, th- I think one thing people haven't understood is that the addition of Malik Jackson has changed the pass rush line, right? It used to be Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, if healthy, Fletcher Cox, and then Tim Jernigan or Haloti or whoever that DT that doesn't rush the passer is, comes off the field and Chris comes in. Correct. But Malik is staying on the field because he's a better pass rusher. Right, but he's not so going to be in on... Spot? Hang on, hang on. He's not going to be in on every nickel situation, okay? It's right. Just, that's not realistic. It's sure. But he's going to be in some, right. and that's going to that's going to cut into Long's role. That's his issue. By the way, that was his issue last year when they traded right. for Bennett. So that means his role that worked out for him. His role would be 
you're on the second pass rushing line, not the first pass rush. So it's demotion. Technically, yes. It's Technically, a demotion, yes, yeah. and he doesn't want to take a demotion. I, I, it's one of those things where I say, you know what? I think both sides are right. They're just entitled to feel the way they want to feel. Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty passionate about this situation because without Chris, I've never met the guy. I don't know him. I, I'm not taking sides here. I'm just telling you from a macro view mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Vinnie Curry, God bless him. Um, at times, it is early in his career, it looked like he had a pretty good, yeah, pretty, pretty good pass rush skill. But his role had dropped. He had talked about it. They told him to put on weight and thirty four defense. He still played well as a pass rusher in the thirty four. Right. Uh, when Chip Kelly was here with Billy Davis, uh, he's a, he's an older player now. Brandon Graham is also thirty one. The the way I understand it is also they just want to get younger. But to me, when you're trying to win a Super Bowl, and believe me, they are trying to win a Super Bowl, you make an exception. But Malik but Jackson was available. That already? They made an ex- they re-signed Brandon Graham at that age. They brought back Vinnie Curry at that age. I mean, there's only so many times you could say they have to make an exception. They yeah, have to make an exception. But what I'm saying is, in terms of his role, they're willing to bring him back at 34. But as you said, and you're correct, Malik Jackson is is a nickel pass rusher. Mm-hmm. He's a very rare defensive tackle that you could keep on the field a nickel. So he's obviously going to lose snaps, and he could lose 20 percent of his snaps or more. Right. And he's not willing to do that. But what I what I think you were hinting at, it's like, Chris, if you don't want to roll with this football team, is there really another team that is going to give you that ability? Right. Because what they would have to, obviously, find there a is. value for this guy. There I mean, is. how could they find, at 34 years old, find someone who's, I mean, you, you want a seventh round pick? I mean, right. that's I mean, He's 34. either playing for the Eagles or he's not playing. Which is the way, by the way, both sides are looking at it. Right. So, so hopefully, for their sake, when it comes to late July, early August, he goes, you know what? I got the itch. I want to play, but he's got That's pride why too. He's pushing this bonus, yeah, back. he's got so, pride too. So anyway, I, I, he, I'm, let me just make this clear. I yeah. don't think he's rooting for anybody to get hurt. No, but, but he knows that if there's an is. injury, that yeah. there op- all of a sudden opens up Correct. a spot. All right, big signing uh, on the defensive side was Zach Brown, linebacker. Uh, as usual, when a guy gets signed, I feel like there's because he has a name, people have heard of him. I think he's made one Pro Bowl. There gets to be this big excitement. Oh, we got the guy! Or it's what a great signing. It was a good signing. I I feel like this signing, Adam, is the like Garrett Blunt of linebacker signings. Remember they when they signed the Garrett Blunt, it was in May. Everybody knew they needed a big running back or somebody to you carry know. It's the funny. Ball. What's it, that? I agree with you. I get your point. Uh huh. It fulfills a role. Yeah. But the comical thing is, Zach Brown's the opposite size. So as a bump blunt's a, a pounder. Yeah. Zach Brown is just total speed linebacker, not physical at all. He's just yeah. fast to the ball. But he is more of a run down linebacker than a coverage well, linebacker. He is a see it. This is what he's explaining to me. He's a see it, uh-huh. hit it, go get it, wrap it up. Okay. He's not a guy that you're typically going to play a nickel, though he's played a nickel before. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, now, now, now here's the issue. I mean, he has 250 pounds, by the way. It's not he, like he's a small one. He's 6'1". Yeah. When he's he was short. drafted, he was 244. Mm-hmm. This is why teams loved him, because this is why the Titans... Oh, really, he was overdrafted. 4540. That is crazy mm-hmm. at the combine in 2012. Yeah. He's a pure speed linebacker that got put on a little weight. Uh, he's probably... You could play him at middle. It's probably his best position. It wasn't when he, he was drafted. He's drafted to play weak side linebacker. Right. But the Titans went to a 34, so they moved him inside. Um, you could play him at either or. I think he's better off, as I understand it, at middle linebacker. That's where he's been. When when he when he's at his best, he's at, in the middle, when he's inside. Mm-hmm. He's a unbelievably fast linebacker that is a flash player. The problem is there are too many flash plays, and then there are plays where he doesn't make the play. Because he might overrun it, not not in the right spot. 
Uh, it's not a good sign that he's now on his fourth team in five years. That that concerns me. And for, by the way, three one year three three deals out of four are one year deals. Yeah, I, I don't see him as a savior, but I do see it as a value signing. He's probably going to play in base down situations when you have three linebackers on the field, which is now about what 30 percent of the game. Last year, who you're sub playing. packages according to the NFL matchup show seventy three percent teams were in sub last year. So that year. makes it about twenty seven percent of base package. So that's what you that's what you're going to see from him. Uh, it'll be interesting because I I agree with you. I think he'll wind up playing middle, and we'll see Nigel Bradham back at strong side. However, because Nigel is going to be a three down linebacker, and we'll we'll see how effective he is in that role now. Uh, he's probably going to wear the helmet, uh, the mic, the mic up helmet. So he's going to have to communicate the signals from a, a strong side position. You know, whereas usually it's your middle guy that gets everybody. Lined so, up. so let me ask you a question. If they had a lineup today, and I know we're going to get through depth charts and rosters later on. No, in, it's in worthy future. to talk about because they okay. just signed them. Yeah. Right. So, right now, we, we're assuming Barnett will be ready for the regular season. That's their understanding. Derek That's Barnett, understanding. yeah. Yeah. It'll be Barnett and base. Barnett, Jackson, Fletcher, Cox, and Graham, okay? Yep. Barnett, Jackson, For, for now, unless they change, Uh huh. Zach Brown in the middle, Najel Bradham back on the strong side. The weak side could be Gruje Hill. He could play stronger weak. Mm-hmm. You've got Paul Warlow, whose best position is in the middle, but he's played all three. Right. And Nate Gary, who's a sub-package linebacker, former safety. Yep. It's not great. They still have an issue at linebacker. Well, don't Jeff, forget about LJ Fort. Who's a backup middle linebacker. I know that, journeyman. that yeah. the, you know, LJ Fort was a guy who last year earned his spot in nickel, not because people got hurt. Yes, first, but then they started to play him over Bostic, a kid that they had drafted they cut. They fairly cut high him. and then yeah. cut. So. Yeah. I don't think he's going to start. Uh, he might be able to contend for that weak side spot, but I do think that he's a good leading candidate maybe, or at least will compete with KGH, Camus Grugier-Hill, for that second linebacker spot in nickel. So it'll be Nigel and then either KGH or LJ Ford. That's how I see it. I'm sure it'll be a bigger competition. But So the, the, the question is, are they better off a linebacker than they were in January? Yeah. Because they've added yeah. Fort, who's a well, real good they, special teams player. Awful. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, but and, and Zach Brown could play middle or weak side. Uh, Warlow's back from his ACL reconstruction. Uh-huh. It's still not a great group. Uh, no. They still don't have. I hate to be one of those people who says they need young young linebackers who could really play. They don't have them. They haven't had them in I don't know how long. Well, since it would Michael be Kendrick nice if, if a kid that you draft, Nate Gary, who was a safety in Nebra- yeah. Nebraska, or, yeah, Nebraska, and that you hope could make that transition to linebacker. Well, this is year three, I believe, for him, right? Yes, he was drafted in 17. It right. would be nice if that kind of, if that kid just made a jump, you know, and mm-hmm. really started to get it and could be a nickel or a weak side, because that's what they had in mind. So now the compensatory formula expires this week. Right. Now, I'd expect the Eagles to make, by the time late July rolls around, a, a minimum of two free agent signings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be a, uh, what they need is a free agent guard. Yeah, Although veteran they, guard. Right, right. They need someone who started now. Although, if they, they're going to talk about maybe playing Big V at a different position... Then yeah, I threw that out there the last show. I, yeah. I think that's got to be in their thought process. But right. he's never started a guard, a, a, a game of guard. I yeah. mean, I'd like I, someone who's like done it before. Yeah, at his, his level of experience, that, that shouldn't be as difficult as maybe a rookie. Right. But yeah, but then you're fair. You and, fair okay, so... Are they going to hold out on Chris Long here? and talk, Are they going to hold out hope that he changes his mind? Now, now, if a, a you know Andre Branch would not be a bad sign. If someone becomes free, mm-hmm. someone who's cut in the next four to six weeks becomes available, who they could plug in there as their their rotational third end, because obviously Vinny Curry will get a shot at the third end. Right. They need another one. Now, here's another one for you. 
Do they, though? If your strength now is mm-hmm. your interior pass rush. See, I think they should be in wait-and-see mode a little bit here. If, you're, if your strength now, you have more from the interior because you have Cox and Jackson, which is honestly their best interior tandem of the last three or four. I mean, Jernigan is a decent pass rusher, but he came off the field when they won the Super Bowl to make room for an end, you know, because Brandon Graham would slide inside. But now they've got good interior rushers with Cox and with Malik Jackson. Perhaps they feel it lessens the need for that as much out- exterior rush, edge rush. Yeah, and... Yeah, I would say right now, Deanne, they're going to have to monitor because they, they can only assume Chris Long's not going to come back. Yeah. So they could they could certainly use a veteran pass rusher. I agree with your assessment at the top here that you, you can't depend on Josh Sweat or, or Sharif Miller. You no, but you want to give those guys the opportunities to prove okay. that they don't get it yet. And you can't do, if you brought Andre Branch in right now, mm-hmm. then he's going to get a certain amount of snaps. He's a veteran. You, you want to get. Sharif and Sweat as much experience. Now you can wait until the end of OTAs to see what you got, but and I don't think it moves. Oh, I see. So you're saying okay. By the way, they're in phase two right now. Mm -hmm. Phase three is the real OTAs that start around the 22nd. They have May 21st, I believe. Okay, they they have three sets of OTA practices. Right. So by the end of that, and the veteran camp, which is mandatory in June, if they're all if those kids flash, well, that maybe changes the equation a little bit. But DN is something they have to monitor. Right. I don't think guard is something you have to monitor. Mm-hmm. D tackle, you scratch that off. It's no longer a need. Um, you want to go over to safety now? Well, that's that would Blake have been Countess? the area, you know. And I think that you mentioned how the the comp pick formula ends in a week, which means you can sign someone and it won't count. But what doesn't end, and what makes this fascinating, the moves they made this week is the fact that if you cut a player that you signed this offseason as a free agent. He doesn't make your team, then you don't get that doesn't count against your comp pick formula. That happened last year. The Eagles signed a linebacker from the Broncos. His name Nelson, was Corey, Corey Nelson. Nelson. Yeah. He right. factored in at the moment at the comp, but he did not play well. He didn't earn a spot on the team. And they cut him and it didn't count against them in the comp pick formula game. The same thing here when we look at safety, Adam. If I if I'm Andrew Sandejo, I'm sweating a little bit, right? He's one of the few guys that they signed that count that hurts their comp pick formula. Sendejo. He does play an important role, but they just claimed two safeties off waivers in the last uh, last week. One yeah. being Blake Countess and the other being, can you pronounce the guy? Ike, 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 God, Ike, Godwin Ikebuki? Ikebuki? Ike Ubuike. Ike Ubuike. All right. Uh, I'll go with your pronunciation. Yes. I got the Godwin right. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. So I think there are a couple things going on here. I think that when you look at the, the kid that they they drafted Blake Countess who was drafted as a corner got moved to safety with the Rams drafted under the Chip Kelly regime I believe by no, the way. It was, no it was no, you're uh, right. it was it was a year after yeah I'm it was sorry. 16 it was yeah, 16 it was 2016. Um, Jim Schwartz didn't want him they cut him right now he's back uh now now here's the thing right now when you look at it they don't have a pro- they really don't have a quality kickoff returner he averaged almost 25 yards per kick last yes season. yes didn't he I believe he returned a block kick for a touchdown against the Eagles was that not in that game might it might have been I don't remember, but the thing about this kid is mm-hmm. he's got ability. Um, it's a situation where he's young, but he's a force safety. Yeah. Now Andrew Sandejo is on a one year deal. Let me let me look up as we as we talk about him. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a box more or less a box safety, mm-hmm. and the guaranteed money uh, on his contract is. Uh, Two seventy to five hundred thousand fully guaranteed at signing. Mm. It's not a ton not to walk away from. Yeah, but they didn't go into it thinking they're going to cut him. He, they need a experienced third safety. The, 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 now, now here's the other thing. Where's Maddox going to play? I don't know. 
And they still have Trey Sullivan, who's a kid who made some strides at the end of the year. So depth is not really the question now. I mean, they got, you know, your top two are Malcolm and Rodney. Then you've got Sendejo as three. You've got Sullivan, who's been here for a year, as four. You have Countess, who has experience as five. You have Godwin. As, I mean, you've and Maddox. So you've got strength in numbers there. It's just, I think it's to the, I think it works in the Eagles' favor if a guy like Sullivan or Blake Countess or anybody else other than Sandejo plays well and shows versatility as well. Be, or if they feel like their corners play well and Maddox fits best at safety because then they can cut Sandejo. To I, me, I, is not, he's a good veteran player, Adam, but he's not, a, he's not one of those versatile safeties. He's a box safety. Right, he's not but really I, a Corey Graham but I, th- I was just gonna, but, but I would say this. He's going to serve the third safety role. Uh, right now, let's say for argument's sake that Right now he is. You well, don't think, remember, you don't think Rodney, beat out? hang on, but Rodney mm-hmm. coming back with torn ACL and a partial, uh, he's coming back from ACL reconstruction, That's fair. an MCL sprain. I'm also told that he had, um, he had the knee, cl- there was also some other stuff going on with his knee. Uh-huh. He's, he's fine. He's running. He's going to be fine. But he's coming back from a, ser- from a serious knee injury. Right. They don't have anyone who's ready to step in there. That's the issue. True. You could talk all but you Maddox want about having play well there. He did, <laughs> but you could talk all. But you don't know where he's going to be. Is he a safety or corner? Well, that's what I'm saying. You can make this decision. I'm not saying make a decision now. You have OT, you have all training camp. If this if Andrew Sandejo gets released before the start of the year, right? Because they they it materialized differently, then it wouldn't count against them in the compact formula. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't the, even bring that up if this team wasn't so hell bent on figuring that stuff out. And the, so the, reliant and on the it. mysterious DeAndre Hall, who no one can figure <laughs> yeah. out what he is. But yeah. but I would yeah. say this. You make a good point. Going through OTAs, they have a lot of questions to answer. Yeah. Backup safety position. Where the, how are the corners progressing coming off uh, their top two guys projected, or actually three? Out, their top three guys, Mills, broken foot, Jones, all sorts of injuries, hamstring, and who, who – oh, oh, okay, right, Mills, right. And then right. Ronald Darby, ACL. Yeah. So they've oh, got there's a, a lot to – They have a, a lot of questions here with guys coming back from injury. Fun. It's going to be fun OTA yeah. and training yeah. camp to figure out – um, how the cream rises to the top here and who's healthy and who's not. Uh, real quick on Malcolm Jenkins, not with the team during phase one, I believe, and uh, and normally he is. So I saw the Jeff McClain story. I, I've, I've confirmed that he definitely was not there. Right. Uh, Jeff had reported, I guess, through whatever sources he has, that uh, Malcolm was working out in the area. Mm-hmm. Okay. This becomes a real issue if he's not at training camp or the mandatory OTA. If he's not showing up at the one in mid-June... Then he clearly is showing a sign. Now, on his contract, he's, no, he's two years left, but no guaranteed money left. Right. This is, um, yeah. There's very little you can do b- with his contract as is because they restructured it last September. Right. When you restructure, the cap numbers go up in future years. They're going up in future years. He's 31 years old. He's still, I mean, he's, in Howie Roseman's free agency career, it's probably one of the best signings he's ever had. Oh, yeah. It's home run. Yeah. From every way, shape, or form. Uh, productivity on the field, off the field, class guy, all that. Probably got to give uh, begrudgingly for some people some credit to Chip sure, on that. That's sure, the kind of safety sure. he wanted over a Jarius Bird. Oh, the, that's right. <laughs> 2014, right. So long story short, I wouldn't worry about this. He's under contract. Mm-hmm. He's not the kind of guy who's going to miss games, but he can make it. He could look. He by the way, he does not have to be anything until the mandatory camp in mid June. Yeah. If he he if he wants to, he could show them a sign. He has guaranteed. Well, I don't understand. He, it's guaranteed. The money guarantee's not, expired. Up uh, when? It's expired, man. Yeah. Um. I'll I have it right in front of me. Hang on. Oh, I get the guarantee. That's part of his base salary. Because right, he got the They're signing yeah. bonus up yeah. front. Yeah. yeah. So is this a little bit like the Jason Kelsey situation? No. It no. It it was um. 
his cap was restructured. His his um his his contract was restructured in 2018 September. Right. right. Um, what they did is they converted uh, seven point six eight million bonus, right? to a signing bonus. Right. Okay. It was it to a guaranteed roster bonus? Okay. Right. You know, the, the, there's got to, when you do these deals when you're trying to do restructures with players to save cap money, mm-hmm. you have to give them something of worth, of either a guaranteed roster bonus or a signing bonus. Right. So this is what they did here. But what his issue here is, his base salaries, $8.1 million, not guaranteed. 2020, the last that's year was two, contract. That's this year. $8.1 million. They didn't cut them this year. Uh, well, obviously. <laughs> so next year at $7.6 million. There are no guarantees. There, but again, there are no guarantees yeah. in any of his contract. Now, his base salaries. So well, why, Plus, he probably, he probably sees, though he's 31, mm-hmm. all these big deals, Landon Collins and other safeties getting paid. Right. Probably wants to get paid. But- there's a fine line of respect, respecting your player mm-hmm. and paying them what guys who are true free agents like Landon Collins got. Right. And I get it. He's got a phenomenal agent in Ben Dogra who will, if he's Ben, if Ben's able to get him anything out of this, that's being a great agent. But the yeah. fact of the matter is there's not a lot of wiggle room here. Yeah, especially at that age. I know he's done a lot for the team. That'll be interesting to see how that how that I mean, his ca- Jeff, his cap number? Do they treat him like Jason Peters and, you know, Continue to do something for him. He has stayed healthy. Uh-huh. His cap, know. his cap number eleven point three eight seven million this season. Next year ten point eight eight seven million. Well, I mean, what do you? You, you can't rest- you, like yeah. unless you. But doesn't that almost make it difficult to cut him? I mean, it would cost him about six or seven million dollars to cut him. Yeah. Well, what I would do personally is a little bit of what they do with Jason Peters. I would fully guarantee some of his contract to make him happy. That way, they know they're not going to cut him. Right. Generally, you want to do that in year two because, yeah. you, as you said, they're not going to cut him this year. It's year two that you're concerned about. Talking to a source involved in the Peters deal, the issue was year two is not about year one, mm-hmm. and they wanted to make sure that he would be around year two. And then the problem is then, because of his injury history, as we fast forward on Peters' situation, they cut his pay. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll we'll monitor it. We'll yeah. see what happens yeah. going forward. Well, I it's agree not a big I don't deal, think it's but it's interesting. A big deal right yeah. now, but it is interesting. Um, let's get to some questions for our Ask the Insider segment. First one on Twitter comes at, and, and anyone can send us questions at any time during the week. Just hashtag AskITB. Uh, at Kaplan NFL for Adam and at Jeff Mosher NFL for my Twitter handle. And also, you can use the Inside the Birds Twitter handle at Inside the Birds. So. The first at question, Inside Birds, right? At, at I'm ins- sorry, at Inside Birds. That's right. correct. At Inside Birds. First question from Jimmy V. Galepsi at Jim Bometic on Twitter. Talk about the possibility of Joe Douglas leaving for the Jets. Well, he can't leave for the Jets because the Jets don't currently have a GM open. I mean, he could, but the Jets don't have an yeah. opening. I, I checked into this, and what I got from an organizational source is, are there any GM openings right now? Question no. Is, the answer is no. So what are we talking about? <laughs> well, what, but no, the only way he could, even if they fire Mike McCagney, their GM, the Eagles could block him if it's not full personnel control. It can't be he has a fifty-three and the head coach has has right. um, free agency in the draft. They already they, did it once, right? right. For, for the Texans, so I they don't know can how block many times him. They want to do right, that, but. right? And these GM openings aren't happening. So, so I just have outlined it. This is the way they can block him. Yeah, um, they they think the world of him. Roseman and Douglas have found a way to get along together. They yeah. meet in the middle. They're they're they're. How he's learned to, he's addressed how he handles their, his staff now much better than he did the first time. Yeah, you know, before sixteen, it wasn't great. Now he gets it, and that's why they're doing very well. I did. I was told that uh, by two people 
who know Joe well that he's close with Adam. Ga- he has a good friendship with Adam yes. Gaze going back to when they were in Chicago two years ago yep. in 2015. And of course, Adam Gaze is now in New York with the Jets. But the bottom line is Mike McCagnin is still the GM. So there's really no opening for Joe. The only in the scouting community, the only or personnel community, I should say, the only other name or, or air, I heard Carolina because they have new ownership and you never know if they could just make a change. They extended like his contract last year. Yeah. Just, so. yeah well, Marty Herney. Yeah. We've seen that happen. And, you know, Jeff Fisher, right? But uh, so, but right now, no GM opening. So um, I, I think this will be a pertinent question maybe this time next year. Well, although I would tell you before we move on to the next question, Dave Gettleman lost his job in June and John Dorsey left, lost his job in May or June. Those are odd. Like, like never happens. That's right. I'm trying I to... was shocked when when, uh, when when Dorsey was fired by the Chiefs. I was actually at the driver range. Wasn't fired. His contract was up. Let's be w- whatever it was, he was out. <laughs> yeah. And I got a text saying he's out and I don't know why. I'm like, I was in shock. I was like, I didn't know anything it about very, it. very, very shocking. It was surprising. Cleveland's so, gain on that. Yeah, I mean, well, and Kansas City's well, been in Cle- very good hands too. Sashi Brown set him up pretty well with money and and, and uh, cap picks. No doubt about uh, it. So picks. that's a good anyway, point. That's a good yeah. point. So we'll, I guess, we'll monitor we'll, it. We'll but keep it as out. of right yep. now, there's no GM openings mm-hmm. to worry about. Um, let's see. Next question comes from Guillermo Paglia uh, at Gioin on Twitter. I probably just butchered that. He's actually he said actually he spelled it out G Lierme. G. Lierme. Oh, I don't see that. G. Yeah, he was responding. He colluded me in a tweet. Oh, there you go. And he actually spelled it out. <laughs> or Guy or G. I don't know. Guy Lierme. Guy yeah. Lierme. I'm just going to bring this up. I love it. Go we ahead. don't have to answer it because we already did, but I want to okay. bring it up to see how fans are now starting to also see what we see. He says, at defensive end, the Eagles lost Bennett and Long, added Curry and Miller. Clearly a downgrade. Is this a reason for concern? Are we depending on Barnett for the breakout year? What to expect from Curry, Sweat, and Miller? I think the, the roles will be decided, but yeah, I think A, it puts a lot of pressure on Jim, right? Jim's got to come up with the right combinations, and B, I do think there's some pressure on Derek Barnett to come back and be that 14th overall pick in year three and stay healthy and get to be a, you know at least an 8-10 to 10 sack guy. Hey, here's the thing that the Eagles have to do here. If the right guy comes becomes available at defensive end, I think you cut ties with Chris Long as much as I, I, I wouldn't want to do it. I don't know who that guy is. No, but but, here, but but if someone's released before training camp, we're in the next four to six weeks because yeah. he's made it clear. He's dug his heels in. He said, I'm not taking a reduced role. Yeah. And the Eagles are saying, well, if you want to come back, we won't cut your pay, but we're going to reduce your role. So they're at loggerheads over this. They have a deep respect for him. Yeah. It's just they just don't, they can't agree on his role. Yeah. Um, they have to do something defensive end, Jeff. We'll see. Eventually. I'm not if he's not coming back, to, if he's yeah, not we'll coming see. back. Well, I, I feel like even if they do something, I don't know if there's a good enough talent out there that it's going to make that much of a difference. But we'll say there. You're right. There are guys who are cut surprisingly um, throughout the the OTAs and then and then after training camp. Next question. Last one from at Lake underscore Eagle twenty three. The objective realist. He asks. Starting to hear and read reports that Big V's strength is run blocking and move the guard could benefit both he and the Eagles. Is this a realistic possibility? And you foreshadowed that a little bit. I think last. it's realistic. We'll and, see if they do it. Yeah. But th- I think it's realistic. I. I don't think they have any choice. Like, what choice do they have? Matt Pryor's never played before. Right. And that's one thing I I brought up. You know, you you have two traits for each position. At at tackle, they like you to be really athletic. At guard, they like you to be a real kind of a nasty lunch pail player. Not not super tall. Right. I find Big V to be a little bit lacking in each one. At, At tackle, his footwork, he just doesn't have great athleticism. And it makes you want to move him into the inside. But on the inside, he's also not this nasty road grade. He doesn't... He doesn't come out like that. In fact, sometimes we talk about his confidence not being high. He's also six foot six, six or five. Yeah, six. A little and tall for Jeff. Guard, you had brought up, work. and I'd forgotten that Todd Herman's moved to guard and he extended his career. Right. 
He was, a, you know, he was a very athletic tackle. Yes. He was able to do it, but maybe the mindset's going to have to change if he gets moved to guard. Right. We'll, we'll and see again, if they Todd do was that kind of a. I'll do whatever you want down. He never lacked confidence. I yeah. think Big V, that could be an issue, but we'll see. Um, as you said, if, if he can't play either, then they probably will look to uh, deepen the bench there. And um, Frank Caramano at FrankCC17 says, what's the plan right now for backup center? Kelsey battled numerous injuries last season, to have so having a solid backup plan is something I believe this team desperately needs. So I would think that if Kelsey were to get hurt and miss games, Adam, Isaac Sayamalu would move from left guard to center because that's really where they projected Isaac when they drafted him. And then you would have to fill in somebody at left guard. Now who that is is something we, we you know, could it be Big V? Could it be Matt Pryor? Hey, Jeff. We'll the Andre right guards. Could, I don't know. Well, the right guards come back from a torn Achilles. Yeah. So they've got some issues at guard. This is guard to me is an issue. They need a veteran guy who started. Mm-hmm. They need someone who could go in there, plug and play if needed. Someone who's not going to cost them a ton because this time of year it's all the clubs have all the leverage, Jeff. Right. So to close this out, I think guard to me is a concern. I wish they get someone who started games before, and rather than Big V may wind up playing inside. We'll see. Mm-hmm. It would make some sense, but the fact of the matter is you'd like to have someone who's at least played there before. Definitely, definitely. All right, that will do it for the latest Inside the Birds, the leading podcast in Eagles Intel. Next week, we'll be back. Adam and I will go through these positional battles, maybe talk about some of the rookie free agents, and uh, get into as we get ready for the start of OTAs, which should be a very fascinating season for the Eagles. So for Adam Kaplan, I'm Jeff Mosher. Thanks for flying with us Inside the Birds. <laughs>